there, this is Henry Harris. Welcome to another edition of the Spiritual Foundations of Mental Health. Today's topic, there is room in your life for negative feelings. Okay, let us begin. What do we mean when we speak of the spiritual foundations of mental health? What we mean to say is that your well-being is unconditional. You don't have to have the right circumstances, the right past, the right anticipated future to be right now healthy and well and grounded in extraordinary wisdom. You could be experiencing all kinds of uh, fluctuations and ups and downs. You could be experiencing um, habits, bad habits, compulsive behaviors, uh, all kinds of intensity that is difficult. And yet right now you have a spiritual basis for your well-being. It is unconditional. It is not dependent on anything. Right now you are healthy and you are well. So how could it work that you could have such extraordinary present moment, unconditional well-being and yet not experience it? Well, I often ask myself that question. And here's the understanding that I've come to see and identify. And what a blessing it is to know about this. Again, not that I see it in a, in a felt way on the goingly, but I, I do know it's, it's true. And that is that my experience of life, what can be so unsettling to me, is really my, my experience of life. My psychological experience of life can be up and down and, str- and, and distressed and fearful, but yet I've come to understand that that distressing, those distressing feelings aren't telling me about an actual danger in my life, about an actual place of out of control and that I can't get my hands on and I'm stuck and I'm trapped. And, you know, that's a very painful feeling to feel that one is in his life in a way that he doesn't want to be, that he's trapped that he's in he's he's uh he's victimized by a set of feelings that's very very difficult i know something about those feelings and i've spoken with lots of people about those feelings and it's hard but what we can come to recognize is that those feelings aren't reliably indicating the truth of our life circumstances it's not actually it could be true that i feel distressed about my life in a way that there's something really wrong. And yet the truth is, is there's nothing really wrong. This is in no way, God forbid, to try to convince away unpleasant feelings or to relate to unpleasant feelings as if they're just not there. Don't, I'm not, this is not a pep talk to just ignore painful feelings. This is, on the contrary, uh, a conversation about the safety of those unpleasant feelings, how you can be with those unpleasant feelings. Why? Because they aren't dangerous. They aren't an indication of inherent um, danger or dysfunction. And you can be with them and you can see that there's something of value to learn from them. And the very experience of being able to be with them is a, is a, a profoundly um, meaningful, challenging and meaningful experience that is part of being human. You and I and every other human being in this world is having an ongoing flow of psychological energy, of psychological experience. We are experiencing, we're living in a a flow of energy, not an energy of a, 
of a of a physical nature. It's a it's a there's a kind of a a formless energy that is what's making this whole world go. There is no power other than that single simple source, and that's that same single simple source is what's behind this kind of ongoing revealing of like a divine live feed, and it can feel warm and wondrous and grateful, and it can feel frightening and trapped and um, out of control. And as we get to get, as we get more comfortable with the fact that that flow is really telling me more about this moment's flow than about the truth of my life, the circum, the, the actual reality of me as a person or me in my world, then I have more room to be with those feelings, to be with them and to allow them to kind of pass through me. And there's something wondrous about that permission, that freedom. I can be with my life unconditionally. It's not to say that there isn't a value possibly to, it's a wonderful thing to have a friend to talk to, to have someone that you trust who is a good listener, who you can express your painful feelings to, but not necessarily with the with the premise of I'm going to thereby banish these feelings or fix these feelings. It's just that it can be a kindness to oneself to have someone to talk to, especially someone who himself or herself is not frightened by painful feelings, is not unconsciously worried or concerned, uh-oh, how am I going to help this person get over this? No, there's an underlying trust that, okay, you're experiencing something. Let's look at what you're experiencing. There's no reason to fix it. There's no reason to um, escape into those difficult feelings or escape from those difficult feelings. We are living inside of an ongoing spiritual flow that is animating our kind of heart-mind. My moods are shifting. My outlook on life is shifting. And to the degree that I'm comfortable with and open to acknowledging the truth about the feelings I'm experiencing, I'm going to have a whole new relationship with them. I'm going to have a whole new capacity to be with them and to be in my life without having to fix my life or manage my life or run away from my life. And I will find pathways forward. I just will. It's amazing how well we are well suited to navigate our lives when we're not, um, uh, when we don't feel frightened, uh, victimized, the need to run away, the need to fight. Um, when we don't live in that kind of urgent reactivity to our lives, but rather we can be in our lives, then we're not reacting to our lives. We're responding to our lives. We're seeing possibilities. We're seeing challenges. We're seeing opportunities. We're seeing both opportunities as well as limits. And it can be a very meaningful thing to come to recognize, you know, I don't really have the ability to change this right now. And that's not a problem. I can settle down and be in my life. These are all the ways in which understanding and insight can show up when we're not busy fighting, when we're not busy running, when we're not busy escaping. And that whole capacity to not be stuck in that reactive fight-flight mode comes with the awareness that I live in a safe world. The, 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 the moods and the psychological experiences that are unfolding inside of me are, are not dangerous in and of themselves. They're not describing a world of danger. They're describing a moment's flow. What can I see? What can I, let me be with the first and foremost, 
let me be with those feelings. So much wisdom in, in understanding can, can occur when, a, when we are willing and able to be with those feelings. So today's topic is, um, there's room, it's very much a, a continuation of that introduction, which you can be with, there is room in your life for negative feelings. And I wanted to share a specific story I've shared in the past. It just, I, I, I revisited it and it was so touching to me. And I want to be very clear, I'm not presenting this as a technique. The lesson from the story, there was something specific done in the story that really alleviated uh, a child's distress. And uh, it might be tempting to use that take that story as like, oh, let me apply that to my life as kind of a, a technique. And it could be that it would be helpful, but I'm not looking to emphasize the technique component of the story. It's just a touching story that illuminates this idea in, in, to me. So I had the good fortune to learn about uh, Jewish wisdom from a teacher named Rabbi Zelig Pliskin. He's a senior uh, lecturer uh, for Isha Torah in Jerusalem, and he taught extensively on, he teaches extensively on the subject of, of um, the psychological implications of Torah wisdom, like where and how Torah points us to, um, to a deeper well-being, a deeper happiness, and one of the one of his basic teachings is that it's not the events of the world that are shaping our experience in a direct sense. It's <clears throat> it's the way that we relate to those events. It's what's going on inside of our own heart and mind about those events that's really determining our experience of the events. And he shared a story that was very touching to me. He um, he lives in Israel, and he. Um, he had a young child who came home one day from school crying. This boy was, was very distressed. And so the, his father asked him, what's the problem? Why are you so hot? Why are you so hot? Why, why are you crying? And the boy said, because everyone at school teases me. They call me Gingy. Gingy is the Hebrew kind of, I guess it's slang for redhead. And uh, I guess he was maybe in the six or seven years old range, and he didn't like it. He didn't like it that his red, bright red hair stood out and that boys found it to be a target for him, you know, gingy, gingy, gingy. And his reaction, in a sense, kind of, you know, energized the whole dynamic. And so he was quite distressed, and his father listened, and his father took that in. And his father said to him, you know, um, I would like you tomorrow to pay very close attention to uh, how many times the boys call you Gingy and keep keep close count because I'm going to pay you a shekel for every single time that you're called Gingy. So this boy, six or seven years old, went from kind of crying and distress to like, what? You know, like a shekel was a meaningful sum of money for a, for a, uh, for a six or seven year old. And all of a sudden he came to this quick realization this is going to be very profitable for me. And so the father reiterated, you know, tomorrow, pay close attention. I want you to give me a precise now, give, get, a, get a, an accurate count of how many times you're called Gingy. And when you come home tomorrow, I want you to tell me, and then I'm going to give you a shekel for every single episode, every single call. So the boy was quite taken with this idea and all of a sudden immediately 
like it was it went from there's no room in my life for these people calling me Gingy. The presence of these taunts are completely and totally unwelcome. I can't live with them. And in as much as I can't control the fact that they're in my life, but I cannot live with them, that equals depression or distraught angst. You know, it was like, it was like a two plus two equals four equation. These taunts are bad and I can't control them and I'm trapped and there's no room in my, I can't be in my life. I can't, I can't be with the taunts. I can't stop the taunts. I cannot be in my life. That That's really what it was about. That was, in a sense, the underlying pain of this child. I cannot be in my life on the terms that it's unfolding. And let me tell you something. That's how a lot of us are. That's how all of us are at times. All of us get to a place where we come to feel I cannot be in my own life. I cannot be with the feelings that I'm having. I can't be with the feelings that I'm associating with my job or with my sibling or with my uh, spouse or whatever it might be. There's some event or circumstance that is directly bringing about a feeling in me and I can't be with it. And yet I can't stop it. I can't be in my life, right? That's the two plus two equals four equation. Well, this child came to, with the help of his father, that wait, no, there's value. There's room in this, there's room in this, in your life for these feelings. So lo and behold, the next day, the child went to school and they started calling him Gingy again. They remembered very well what effect it had on him yesterday and they were hungry for more. They smelled, they smelled the blood from yesterday and they went for more. And lo and behold, his response was different. He kind of was looking at them with this strange and intent look and he was counting. He was like, one, two, three. <laughs> and they're wondering a little bit like, this is strange, but they know that it, that from their memories, that it has the ability to, to arouse in him, you know, upset. So they keep going like a little harder, a little bit more high pitched or whatever it is that they tried, but it didn't seem to accomplish what it had the day before. And lo and behold, he came home that day his father asked him, so how many times? And he said, I don't know, whatever he said, 18 times. And his father took out 18 shekels and handed it to him. And this was like unbelievable uh, treasure. It was like, you know, kind of like a, a golden, like a treasure chest, you know, under under the deep waters that all of a sudden got handed to him from an event that had looked really painful. All of a sudden it became like this extraordinarily enriching experience and then the next day he went to school and lo and behold, again, they're calling him names. They're still trying, wondering like, okay, today it's going to work. And and again, he's not bothered by it. He's kind of counting. And the intensity and the, and the um, persistence of the boys calling him Gingy kind of starts to waver. And, the next, and so that day he comes home and he reports to his father, well, it was only nine today, you know, and then the next day it was already like gone. It was done. So the, the, the point that I, I, I mentioned earlier that, that there is a technique component to the story that uh, I want to caution about. I, I think that the logic of the story makes sense the capacity to see and experience a shift, a profound shift in my my relationship with um, 
with a difficult feeling. It, I, I don't always know how to translate this wisdom or the wisdom of this story into kind of like a transformation. This boy experienced a transformation. He went from there is zero room in my life for these taunts. I can't be in my life if these taunts are in my life to, whoa, these taunts are literally my ticket to the happiness, you know? Um, I don't know how to deliver that kind of inner transformation through simply applying this. Like if I had, let's say, a struggle with, um, with I get I get an internal feeling of like, let's go... I don't know, let's go snack on some unhealthy food. And I resent the very inclination. I resent the very temptation that I experience. like, oh, let's go snack on unhealthy food or something like that. The, that could end up developing a, uh, a kind of a battle inside in which I come to feel victimized. I don't like these feelings. I don't want these feelings. How do I get rid of these feelings? And, you know, it can start to take on kind of a battle-like proportions where I become uncomfortable. I become like, like this boy, like, I don't, I don't want to be with these taunts. I don't want to be with these feelings. And I don't know what to do because I can't stop them. And then I succumb to them. And then I'm upset with myself. And, you know, it can go, it can develop in such a way that it's a little bit like the boy where you, where the boy became demoralized. I don't know what to do. I don't want to be in my own life. So that can happen all over our lives. It is happening all over our lives. I don't know how to say to myself, oh, well, in fact, those feelings of desire for, for, for snacking unhealthy foods, those are really unbelievably blessed things. And in fact, I really am getting paid for every time I feel those feelings. And just the ability to experience them is itself an extra, you know, I, I could talk myself through that technique and that logic. Um, that might not do precisely what it did for the boy, whereby he all of a sudden just transforms to a, a whole new enthusiasm for the presence of those taunts. It, it, the logic is true that there's room in my life for, for difficult feelings. There, this, the, the essence of what changed for this boy was that there was no room in his life for the taunts, and then there was room in his life for those taunts, and nothing changed about the taunts. He just came to understand that they had some value, that they're not a problem in and of themselves. That's the logic I'm looking to point to. In any place in our life, in our lives where we feel that there's just unwelcome and unwanted feelings, there's unsafe, difficult, unbearable feelings, it is possible to know that in fact there it is it, there is room there is room for our, in our lives because the truth is is that we don't have it it's it's human to have those feelings it we can be in our lives as human beings what how else are we going to be in our lives healthy human beings experience a variety of flows we experience a whole variety of psychological experiences it, it it's just the reality of being a human being and i and that you and everyone else can be in our lives as, lives as humans. There is room in our life for the human experience, and the human experience includes emotional distress. It includes unwant or uh, difficult feelings and inclinations and urges. It includes all of those things. That's the central takeaway of this story. I don't know how to... I, I, I do know that it's possible we can get an insight. We can become aware, you know, 
I really see that. If I were to give, I could probably give myself some kind of a resource or a tool or an exercise. Maybe the main lesson I'm looking to draw in and to, 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 be remind, to remind myself of is there is room in my life for the distressing feelings. I can be in my life right now. And, and, and it's such a pleasure. It's such a, it's such a feeling of peacefulness that I can be with my life. You know, that I'm not in, I'm not at war with myself. I'm not saying that there isn't distress and pain at times in having these feelings and inclinations, but it doesn't represent a war zone. That's the main takeaway, is that we as human beings are beautifully suited to live as human beings with ups and downs and painful feelings and it can be a very peaceful experience. It really can be because that's the truth. The truth is, is that we're, we're right at home. We are right at home in our humanity. We are right at home with the variety of those experiences that we are not the author of, that we're not the source of, that our experiences of life can't control and manipulate directly. We're on the receiving end of a divine flow of, of wondrous divine energy. It's a varied in its nature. And as human beings, we are privileged to experience that ongoing and unceasing divine flow. We can be in that flow unconditionally.